The Detroit Pistons beat the Toronto Raptors again, but we all saw that coming. There's actually something else I kind of want to talk about on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you have not already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. We're on our road to 2,000 subscribers. We'll continue to try to show Lockdown that we are the fastest and best growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. So again, head to the YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. The Detroit Pistons beat the Toronto Raptors, which I don't think shocks any of us. Uh, anytime the Pistons are going against the Toronto Raptors, I've told you guys this last time they played them. Anything that happens in these games, I just completely wipe from my memory. Because against the Raptors, Dwayne Casey is like 2K my team. It's like Dwayne Casey has this attribute, this, this, little, this little badge with his coaching card that gives the Pistons plus 10 attribute upgrades across the board anytime you go against the Toronto Raptors. It, like I, They just moved to 9-3. Against the Toronto Raptors since Dwayne Casey took over as the Pistons. I don't know what it is about the Raptors. I don't know what's going on, what kind of magic they got happening. But anytime the Pistons are going against them, man, they just turn into like the God squad. So they get the win, but I think we all kind of saw that coming. There's actually something else that we're going to talk about to start the podcast off. And I can't take it no more. You guys will watch this on YouTube. You guys will see what I'm holding up. I cannot take it no more. It's getting ridiculous. It's getting out of hand, and someone has to do something about this, or I'm going to bust a casket, man. I can't do it no more. The refs in this game, let me just tell you guys this. Let me, uh, I'm going to tell you guys this stat, and then tell me what you guys think about this. The Detroit Pistons shot 28 free throws this game. 28. They were called for 29 fouls. Corey Joseph fouled out. Isaiah Stewart almost fouled out. Again, 29 team fouls. The Toronto Raptors were called to 22 fouls. They shot 36 free throws. So combined, there was, what, 64 free throws taken in this game? 64 free throws taken in this game together. Both teams combined. Cade Cunningham had zero. He had zero of the 64 free throw attempts taken in this game against the Toronto Raptors. It's getting completely ridiculous. It's, it's, I, I, it's, I can't fathom it. I don't understand how this is happening. Cade, in the fourth quarter, there was a play. He went to take a dribble pull-up along the left baseline with like a minute and a half to go. And I believe it was Chris Boucher. Boucher closes out on Cade, slaps him on the arm, bumps his body, damn near spears him, and doesn't even give him landing space. So he gets fouled three separate times, no foul calls. This dude is going to the basket strong. He's getting hit. He's getting slapped. The Toronto Raptors, part of the reason why they started to come back in this game, which we'll talk about later in the podcast, is because they started to play a lot more physical after Nick Nurse got ejected in the third quarter. They started running a full-court press. We're trapping the hell out of the Pistons, and we're playing really physical. You're telling me that Kay Cunningham didn't get fouled one time. He didn't get fouled one time in this game, in a game that you, the refs, were so quick to call every foul possible. There was a point in this game where the game felt like it was less than uh, like a two-minute uh, uh, segment of the game. Less than like 30 minutes because of how many foul calls were being called. But Cade Cunningham can't get 
one damn foul call. I legit am of the belief now that Kay Cunningham legit could drive to the basketball rim, get hit by a double barrel shotgun in the chest, and he would not get a foul call. This is ridiculous. It's 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 unfathomable. It's unfathomable. I, it, there's no excuse for this. Again, and we've talked about this on the podcast a few times, a lot this season. It's not like Cade's going to the basket soft. It's not like he's shying away from contact. It's not like he's not initiating contact. It's not that he's not looking for contact. He's doing all of those things. Earlier in the year, yes. Earlier in the season, we talked about in the podcast that he needs to start looking for contact more and start getting to the rim more. That was just him getting accustomed to the NBA game. That's after like the first 10 games. Since the first 10 games that he played, he's been doing this. And let me guess. Hmm. No, he's, he, let's see how much he was getting rewarded for this. Oh, 2.3 free throws attempts a game. Like, are we joking? Sadiq Bey is averaging more free throw attempts than Kay Cunningham. This is, it's, it's absurd. It's crazy. It, it doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. Multiple times tonight, the Toronto Raptors put Scotty Barnes on Kay Cunningham. Kay Cunningham would get by him most times on the pick and roll or just straight isolation. And the Toronto Raptors are bringing over two three defenders to him, and he was getting slapped, I kid you not, at least 30% of these drives. He should have ended this game with at least like six or seven free throws. Easily. Quite easily. And the thing that just shocks me the most about this is that Jeremy Grant gets nine. Jeremy Grant gets nine free throws. Sadiq gets six. Cage playing more physical than both of them on the way to the basket. Maybe not Jeremy, but Jeremy apparently has the respect of the officials. Cade Cunningham doesn't get a single free throw in this game. Emeru Diallo had more free throw attempts. Kelly Olynyk more free throw attempts. Corey Joseph, more free throw attempts. Like, oh, we joke, it's Fee McKayluk had more free throw attempts. Delano Banton, never even heard of him before. More free throw attempts. Like, bro, this is it's just ridiculous, man. It's crazy. I don't know what Cade has to do to get foul calls, but what he's doing now apparently isn't working. And I know Cade, or Dwayne Casey has this whole thing where, you know, let me get the foul, uh, the tech for you. Let me not, you know, don't go out there and get the technical fouls. I'll argue for you. Screw that, man. Screw that. Cade needs to be picking up a technical foul legit almost every game if I was him. I'd be picking up a technical foul every game until these guys start to show me some respect. Just start to show him some damn respect. How many times has Cade went without free throws? Since January 18th, one, two, three, four, five times. He's went without free throw attempts in five games since January 18th. In the games that he's played, he's played 15 games. And out of those 15 games, he's had five games where he has zero free throw attempts. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Again, it's not that he's not searching for contact. It's not that he's not getting contact. It's not that he's not playing strong or getting to the basket. He's doing all of those things. Refs are just not giving him the foul calls. I've never, I don't, I've never seen something like it before in my life. I, I've never seen something like it. It's crazy. I don't want to hear the rookie, oh, it's the rookie, oh, he's a rookie, he can't get foul calls, they don't respect him like that. Scotty Barnes had eight free throw attempts. Like, we see other rookies across the league, we see other people get foul calls. I don't know what it is about Cade, but he just doesn't get them. It's gotten so bad that you've. I've started to see some national people pointed out. Some people that don't watch Detroit every game are saying, okay, it's getting ridiculous that Cade's not getting any foul calls. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. I'm sick of it. I, I, I can't. Can't do it. You guys got to let me know if you guys, if, if, if any of you guys somehow disagree that he shouldn't be getting foul calls. You guys have to let me know so me and you can hash it out. I don't know how. I, I don't see how anybody, even Raptors fans, had to watch that game, especially the Boucher one that I brought up. That example right there, 
that, that was just such an absurd, clear foul. It arguably should have even been a flagrant too. He got hit in the arm. He got damn near speared in the body, and he wasn't allowed to land. Like, you had three separate fouls and a flagrant on one play. On one play. Like, what's going on, bro? It's no. 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 It has to stop. It has to change. Something has to be done. The Pistons got to take some fines. Dwayne Casey's got to take some some fines in the post game. Cade's got to take some fines in the post. Something has to change because this is ridiculous. It has to change. Has to. When we come back, we'll talk about the actual game itself, what we saw from the game, some of the good things we saw, some you know, some of the low lights about how the Pistons, again, in the thir- at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, allowed the team to come back. Well, I thought it was a pretty fun game outside the fact that Cade got zero free throw attempts. So we'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, BetOnline.net. Football season might be over with my guy, my quarterback, Matthew Stafford, winning the damn Super Bowl first year away from the Detroit Lions. Who would have ever thought? But basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, and player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. And whenever the MLB gets their stuff together, I don't really follow baseball, but this is kind of crazy what's going on over there. As soon as they get their thing together, you guys will be able to bet on baseball as well for all you baseball fans out there. So head to their website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action today. Again, head to the website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action today. BetOnline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to our YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. Hit that subscribe button. It's the best way to support the podcast. Continue to show Lockdown that we're the fastest and best-growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. We're on the road to 2,000 subscribers. So, again, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. I had to rant, man. I had to rant for the first segment of the podcast. Because this is it, – it's seriously crazy. It's just – it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Absolutely absurd. But – Overall, this was a fun game by the Pistons. They were able to pull this off, win by two points by a score of 108 to 106. I tweeted this out during the fourth quarter of this game. If the Pistons were able to pull this game out, it would be one of their best ones of the season because of what they were going up against at that point. The Pistons had gotten up by what was their biggest lead at? They gotten up by 18 points at a certain point in that third quarter. Nick Nurse had just got ejected. Momentum was completely in the Pistons' favor. And then after that, Everything just went downhill. They outscored 29 to 17 in the fourth quarter. They had another drought between the third and fourth quarter. I believe at the three minute mark, all the way until like the nine minute mark, where they just didn't score again. That's becoming an issue. They're going to have to try and find a way to solve that, change some lineups up, interchange some rotations. Uh, because that's the second straight game now that that's happened, and they have another one tomorrow in the back to back. So it could be even worse tomorrow with some, with some, uh, you know, tired legs. Uh, but in that fourth quarter, the Toronto Raptors were able to cut it down all the way to a one-point game. They went full-court press against the Pistons, a full-court trap, to be honest. As soon as they crossed half-court, they were trapping. The Pistons really were struggling against it bad. They were turning the ball over against it. Uh, Toronto was getting layup after layup after layup, transition points. The crowd was getting crazy into it. The crowd was loud as ever. The Raptors were absolutely getting physical with the Pistons. There was some trash talking going out there. Scotty Barnes got whistled for a technical foul for screaming Isaiah Stewart's face. All the momentum started going to Toronto's favor. They were playing physical. They were scoring. Crowd's getting into it. Their assistant coach is up, standing, running up and down the sideline, screaming at them now that he's the coach, taking over Nick Nurse, who got ejected in the third quarter. It was all Toronto. 
and Toronto cut it to a one-point game. They came this close to taking the lead back. And the Pistons were able to with hand, or, or push all that away, keep it off, and squeeze out this victory with all that going against them. Now, a cynical person may say, well, they should have never blown the lead in the first place. This is the thing. Basketball is a, full, is a game full of runs. This is what basketball is. You'll have a team go on a 9-0 run, then all of a sudden another team will follow up with a 12-0 run. Then another 12-0 run from the other team, then a 15-0 run. From the, it's just a game of runs. That's all basketball is. So teams are going to come back on you, especially in this in the modern NBA, in this day of age of the NBA, when teams can get up nine points in a matter of like 40 seconds off of three threes and how much the three-pointer is a part of the game. Leads evaporate quick, and runs can be coming like just like that. So I'm not really, you know, Yes, you would have liked to see them hold on to the lead, but I'm not shocked that the that the the run was was made by the Raptors and they cut this close. But I was shocked that the Pistons stay composed enough, they stay poised enough to pull this one out and make the critical plays that they needed to make down the stretch to hold this team off and make and get the victory. This team is extremely young. They're the fourth youngest team in the NBA. Their rookie is their best player. They have three other guys in the starting lineup who are all rookie or second-year players, Sadiq, Isaiah Stewart. Uh, not, actually, not no more with Killian Hayes out, but Corey Joseph. But you get what I'm saying. This team's extremely young, and they're not experienced out there. Uh, this team a month ago, any other young team, they don't fight this off. They don't fight this. They completely crumble under the pressure. They turn it over. They make a critical mistake at a certain point in the game, late in the game, and they end up losing the game. That's what happens. This team would have done the same thing last month. Heck, even two weeks ago, they would have done the same thing, but they didn't. They were able to hold this off and make critical plays to hold the Raptors off and win this game, which I think is absolutely just incredibly impressive by the Detroit Pistons to do that. It shows so much growth as a team, so much more confidence as a team. So the chemistry has to be there. There's so much growth in so many areas to be able to withhold the momentum that was coming from the Raptors. If you watch the game, you absolutely could feel it. You could feel it through the TV. The fan base was going out of this world at the at their at their arena. The uh, the, the team was playing so much more physical. It's like Nick Nurse's ejection, just like it lit a fire under every single player on the court for them. The momentum was one hundred percent completely in Raptors' favor, and the Pistons were able to hold it off. I absolutely love that. It was it was an incredible win. Maybe not as good of a win as like the ones against Cleveland and. You know, the ones against Boston, when they play really well from start to finish and they just uh, outplay a really good team. Maybe not something like that, but it has to be up there with one of their signature wins because of what they were able to hold off and what they were able to do down the stretch to make sure they got this win. Uh, Speaking of one of the things that they had to do down the stretch to keep this win, Sadiq Bey, this shot that he hit with, what, 14 seconds left, this driving layup that he hit, was a hell of a shot. That's a tough, 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 tough shot to have to make at that point. A tough shot to even get off. I don't know how he even got the shot off there. Uh, and nine times out of ten, do you want me to be honest? Sadiq definitely misses that nine out of ten times. But in the clutch situation, when the Pistons absolutely needed a bucket, the Raptors were trapping Kate Cunningham anytime he touched the ball. When Cade and the Pistons need someone else to make a play, Sadiq Bay again. And another clutch situation goes down there, makes a hell of a play, and you wonder what my favorite part about it, to be honest, is that as soon as he made the play, he looked directly at the fans that have been talking trash to him all night. And this is something he's been doing a lot recently over the last two weeks. When they play on the road, fans talk trash to him. He turns around as soon as he does anything. He's shit-talking them. 
excuse my language, but he's absolutely just trash talking them. As soon as the game, either when the game gets out of hand, he does something that secures the win, and he did it again last night against Toronto Raptors fans. Absolutely dope to see that kind of cockiness from him, that kind of confidence, and the ability for him to make that play. So, again, the Pistons had a really good overall game from a lot of players, had a lot of contributions. They're big three that people are trying to start calling them. I'm really, you know, I, I, you know, we want to stay positive. I'm really pushing against trying to call any kind of team that's what 16 and 47 or something having a big three. Let's let's chill out. All, none of them are all stars. Let's 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 pump the brakes on trying to call these guys a big three. <clears throat> that's really for you, Greg Kelser. Um, but I guess their three best players again contrib- had a lot of good uh, contributions to this game. 26 points from Jeremy. 23 points from Sadiq Bay. 22 points from Kay Cunningham. They all played really well, and they got some minor contributions as well for Hamdu Diallo. Uh, Isaiah Stewart had another nice game. Uh, so it was a nice win from the Detroit Pistons, but I was just the most – the biggest thing that I was impressed by was the fact that they were able to hold off that that absolute rally that Toronto pulled, that Toronto gave them in that second half, specifically in that fourth quarter. Uh, but that's that that was a fun game. It was a fun game to watch for sure. It would have hurt if they lost it after how big of a lead they had, but definitely it was great to see them do what they had to do down the stretch to keep them away and get this win. When we come back, we'll talk about another stretch back-to-back game for the Detroit Pistons at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, that kind of sunk the ship before the Stars had to come in and get the ship back flowing. What's going on? What can they possibly change? What happened again tonight? We'll talk about that when we come back from the ad break. But first, I'll tell you guys about another one of our sponsors, your guys' favorite sponsor, Bill Bar. This is the time of year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right, and it's thanks to Bilt Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution, to be honest, because I really enjoy eating them. Have you guys tried the Puffs Bilt Bar? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Bilt Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're an absolute treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. And get this, all Bilt Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, 100% real chocolate. It's low calories and high protein. Replace your candy bars with Built Bars. They taste better. They're better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere between 200 and 300 calories. Go to Built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be absolutely blown away. High protein, low calories. High fiber, low carbs. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And Bilt Bar has all kinds of flavors, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and a new flavor of this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. You guys know my favorite is the peanut butter flavor. They got other flavors like cherry barcia. They have all kinds of flavors. Make sure you guys go check it out at Bilt.com and make sure you're checking out every single month because they come out with limited time flavors all the time. Make sure you stay up to date with all that. At Bilt Bar, they're all about the taste. They make the taste delicious first then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every single time. So go to Bilt.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button at Lockdown Pistons. It's the best way to support the podcast. We're on our way to 2,000 subscribers and we're trying to continue to show Lockdown that we are the fastest and best growing fan base at the Lockdown Network. So, again, head to Lockdown Pistons on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, but the Pistons were up 
by 17 points at the end of the third quarter with three minutes and 35 seconds to go by a score of 87 to 70. They ended up scoring again on a couple free throws from Diallo and a technical free throw from Grant. This is when Nick Nurse got ejected from the game. Uh, so with two minutes and 14 seconds, they were up 90 to 14. So they were up by 16 points at that point. The next time the Detroit Pistons scored a field goal. Now they get did get a free throw, two free throws from him to Diallo. One at the very end of the third quarter and another one midway through the or three minutes into or no, not three minutes, two minutes into the fourth quarter. But the next time they scored a field goal was with eight minutes and fifty-one seconds left from Kelly Olinick, their first field goal in what was it, over five, four and a half minutes, five minutes now? Five minutes, yeah, five and a half minutes without a field goal. This is a similar thing that we saw the game before the Detroit Pistons. So it's back-to-back games now that that lineup at the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth quarter really starts to sink the ship for the Detroit Pistons. And this lineup consists of Killian Hayes, Hamadou Diallo, Kelly Olenek, Ronnie Magruder, and just usually just one of the stars. You can pick and choose. Um, This one, I believe, had Sadiq Bey in the lineup uh, at the the beginning of the fourth quarter. Um, But, yeah, that lineup right there, something has to change. Dwayne Casey's going to have to make some kind of change there or at least, like, maybe keep two starters in there or change the change that lineup up. Hopefully it gets better when Frank Jackson gets back. Maybe if Frank Jackson gets back to full strength and he's playing instead of Ronnie Magruder or something, maybe it'll be a little bit better. Uh, but that lineup, it's really, it's really starting to hurt the Pistons, and it's been back-to-back games. Uh, in the game last game we talked about, Hamdou Diallo just wasn't even being guarded out there. And it was hurting the Pistons. They couldn't drive. They couldn't do anything. And Hamadou Diallo was taking a lot of jumpers. And the Pistons were having to live with it. In tonight's game, or last night's game, you guys listened to it, the Toronto Raptors really turned up the pressure on this bench unit against the Pistons and just gave them a full-court trap. And they were really struggling to get past half court. Uh, and when they did get past half court, by the time Killian Hayes got past half court, there was 15 seconds on the shot clock. You only got 15 seconds to really get into your offense. Now you're rushing. And they were even trapping in the half court. As soon as you make the first pass, it looked like some stuff that my team used to do in high school, my high school team used to do. On first pass, you go and follow the ball and you double. And they were doing that a lot. And, you know, against NBA teams, I was always told by my high school coaches, my high school varsity coach, that you can't trap a good ball handler because they'll always find their way out and you can't trap them. You'll have to follow them. There's no way you can trap them. And against NBA teams, that's why you don't usually see a full-court press or a full-court trap like you do in college basketball and all that stuff because it usually just doesn't work. They're too good at ball handlers. They're too smart of players. They're able to make skip passes, et cetera. You can't do it. You'll get, you'll get fried for a layup almost every time in like less than five seconds. But in this game against the Raptors, the Pistons couldn't even get into their offense. They, they were turning the ball over left and right, and the shots that they were getting up were usually just shot clock heaves or bad shots that, team, that a player had to force up. It was really bad. Uh, so you got to give credit, though, a little bit, obviously, to the Toronto Raptors for upping the intensity, upping the physicality, and going with that trap or four-court trap. But this is, like I said, this is back-to-back games now where the Detroit Pistons at the end of the third quarter and beginning of the fourth quarter, their bench lineup has not come through for them. Uh, and this game tonight, they, they really didn't come through with them tonight. You had five points from Kelly Olenek, 11 points from Hamadou Diallo, six from Ryan Gruden. You didn't get a single point from Killian. They get a single point from Isaiah Livers, who it looks like that game a few games ago was just him. He had a good night that night, but he hasn't replicated that since. He had a really bad error ball in the second quarter of this game. Um, excuse me. And Killian Hayes, he he can't he can't have a game when he just goes scoreless. 
you can point out all the other tiny things he does. You can point out all those things. You can say he's making the right play the majority of the times. Uh, there's actually two things that Killian Hayes can't do. There's two things that he just should not be allowed to do. Obviously, one is not score at all. And two, he should never have a game when he only has three shot attempts. He has to get more shots up. And two of them were just kickoffs when he was playing with Kay Cunningham. He wasn't even playing with the, the bench lineup. When he was playing with the bench lineup, he only got one shot up. That just can't happen. It can't happen. I don't care if you're looking for the pass. I don't care if you're trying to kick the ball. You're making the right reads, and you're making the right basketball play. No, no. you can't do that. You can't do that kind of thing. You have to have more than three shot attempts. You have to be more aggressive trying to get your own shot, and you can't end the game with zero points. In the first half, I was kind of letting it slide because he was making the right play, and he was getting guys open, and he was playing defense and all that. I was like, okay, well, if he's going to make the right play or whatever. Then the second half, he didn't. He also didn't take that many shot attempts. He only took two – I think he only took one shot in the second half, and it was a three on a catch-and-shoot, little Spain pick-and-roll catch-and-shoot at the top of the key from Kate Cunningham. You can't You can't do that. Kate, Killian has to get more shots up. He has to shoot the ball. I don't care if he shoots two of nine, two of ten, two of 11. You have to get shots up off the bench. They need you to get shots up. You can't do that. And tonight he let them down by not getting any shots up and not scoring the basketball at all. Uh, the rest of the bench also let them down. Kelly didn't play very well. Hamdur Diallo ended the game with 11 points, but his defense, again, is just so, like, catastrophic. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, Ronnie Magruder, he was decent, but he even had to get subbed out as well because his defense was just catastrophic. And the Raptors were really taking advantage of when he was on the court and trapping off of him and, and or trapping him. And it was forcing a lot of turnovers. So I don't know what Dwayne Casey's going to do. I don't know what the answer is here to do. Um, you, you want Killing Hayes to be more aggressive. Last game, when you saw it, when they were about to bring all the stars back in, all of a sudden, Killing Hayes is like, you know what, screw it. I'm about to come out the game. Let me get aggressive. And he scored like five straight points or something. He scored like five points in the fourth quarter. He had that layup. I think he got some free throws. It shouldn't take that. It shouldn't take that. He needs to come out. He needs to instantly be aggressive trying to get his own shot. He needs to take more than three shot attempts. He can't end the game with three shot attempts. He can't do it. Can't happen. So maybe just trying to get more shot attempts out of killing him, getting aggressive, going to the rim, trying to draw free throws, getting layups. Maybe that can change it. You probably can't run a lineup out there of Hamadou Diallo with Rodney Magruder. You, you need to try to change something up. Hopefully when they get Marvin Bagley back and Frank Jackson back, that probably won't be an issue. Uh, but who knows when those guys will be back. Frank Jackson was just back last game, and he's already out uh, this game because of uh, back spasms again. And they're on the back-to-back, so I don't know if he'll play tomorrow. And Marvin Bagley, I mean – we said before they traded for him, it, they need him to stay healthy and only took four games for him to get hurt. And now he's been out multiple games already. So who knows when we'll see him either. So it is, it's a tough thing. If those two guys are going to be out for in Casey, I don't know how he's going to figure it out, but he's going to have to try to figure out something. And they, it, at the core of it, it has to come down to Killian Hayes being more aggressive. He can't have three shot attempts. It just can't happen. I don't care if you're trying to make the argument, he's making the right play. That can't happen. You can't have three shot attempts. It just can't happen. It's unacceptable. But that's all I've got for you guys today on today's podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for making Lockdown Pistons. You guys the first listen of every single day. We're free and available on all your podcast platforms. Again, if you haven't already, go to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. Make sure you guys are making Lockdown NBA your second listen of every single day. Lockdown experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy the game tonight. I forget who they play. Who are they playing today? Uh, by the time you guys listen to it, it will be Friday. They play Indiana Pacers. They get to go against Halliburton. This is going to be fun. My mentions are going to be on fire. Uh, but have fun with that game. Really good win from the Detroit Pistons against the Toronto Raptors. Take it somewhat with a grain of salt because, like I said, they get like a plus 10 attribute boost anytime they go against Wayne Casey's team, former team. But it is what it is. Good win for the Pistons. Great job holding them off at the end. 
Hopefully they can play another good game against the Indiana Pacers tonight. Until next time, I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody. Go Pistons and stay safe out there.